sermon series, Who Is This Man? Before we do that, let's just take a moment and pray. Father, we want to thank you for all that you are doing, all that we see your hand at work in our lives, in our families, in our homes, in this nation, in Mountain Child. Father, we thank you for the evidence of your love and your power. We pray now for those that have committed to work within the context of Mountain Child. We pray that you would continue to support them in every way and provide for them in everything that they have need of, that you would take care of their health, that you would take care of their mind, their soul. Father God, that what they do would be so blessed and so fruitful that you would give them great wisdom and counsel. Father, we just send our love to them and we We thank you that we can stay in touch with them. And we thank you that we can be a part of such a great work in Jesus' name. We thank you now for your word and ask that our hearts will be open to receive from you as you speak to us through it. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Praise God. Well, if you were here last week, you will know that we started a new sermon series with this question, who is this man? And I hope that you were able to pick up your message notes on your way in. If you didn't, please just wave and someone will make sure that you get a copy of those. The question is, who is this man? And of course, that question is aimed at talking about Jesus. Who is Jesus? Who is this man? And our key Bible quote for this series is taken from Matthew chapter 8 where Jesus had, had stood up in a boat that was caught in a ferocious storm. So severe was that storm that the people in the boat, the followers of Christ, were convinced that they would sink. And the Bible says that Jesus stood up, he spoke to the winds, he spoke to the wave, and immediately there was calm. And the people in that boat are so astonished at what they just witnessed that they say, who is this man? Even the winds and the waves obey him. Now, as I said last week, the the reason for this study is not, I repeat, not so that we in our minds and our intellect understand something of this Bible character known as Jesus. I would feel that we have not succeeded if that was all that happened. What I'm really believing for is that God will speak directly into our hearts and reveal to us personally who Jesus is. What he means to us, to you and I today. The difference, the radical difference as having Christ as our Savior and as our Lord, what that means and makes to us. For Jesus is no ordinary man. As we saw last week, the disciple John, as he wrote his gospel, referred to Jesus as the eternal word, the one who at the beginning of time already existed. 
He was with God and he was God. And it is that word, that word of God that became flesh. That took on the form of a human, of a man. And John says, he dwelt amongst us. God inside a human body. But it's not just understanding that that we will be content with. We want to go way beyond that. And we want the Holy Spirit to reveal to us as individuals the difference that this man makes to us. He is not somebody who is just a figurehead of a religion. Other religions have figureheads. They have key characters. But you can remove those people... And that religion remains. It's easy to prove that because all of those other figureheads, just about, are dead. And yet those religions carry on. They're false. They're empty. They're demonic in their roots. But they carry on even though, even though the main person doesn't exist any longer. If you were to remove Christ from true Christianity, you would have nothing. He is everything. Paul says in his letters to the early churches, he is our all in all. In other words, in everything to do with our life, he is everything. And I, I, was, I was meditating on that scripture and I was asking myself this question. Is Jesus my everything? Paul says in the book of Ephesians that in Christ, when we are in him, that is when we are complete. Because he is the one that completes us. This is the person that we're talking about. This is the man. You know, when that question is asked, who is this man? I believe that it is the condition of our heart that usually determines how we answer that question. And I want to, I want to prove that as we look at, at the Bible today and we look at how different people responded when they encountered Jesus Christ. I want to start with those who, whose response, whose reaction was not positive. And I want to reveal to you, I want to show to you exactly what is at the root of a negative response to Jesus. It's very simple. Let's look at some of those responses very quickly to start with. They should be on your notes. Some of those people who met Jesus were filled with rage. They were filled with rage because Jesus healed a man who had a withered right hand And he did it on the Sabbath day. They said to him, they were so angry. And I can imagine they pointed the finger at him and said, you can't do that. You're not allowed to do that. It's amazing how many people do that today. Jesus wants to work miracles in our lives. And we say, you can't do that. You're not allowed to do that. And these people got angry. 
because Jesus was working the works that his father had sent him to do. Some people accused Jesus of blasphemy. They accused him of that simply because he admitted who he was, that he was the Messiah. Jesus is simply saying, yes, I am. I am the Christ. I am the one that God has sent. And these people accused him of blaspheming. You see, they didn't know. Their eyes, their hearts were closed and they could not see who Jesus was. It's amazing because these people studied the law. They studied the word of God as they had it. And the word of God spoke about Christ the Messiah coming. And yet they couldn't see it. Others said that he was demon possessed. When he cast out demons. Read it. Read these scriptures for yourself. Jesus cast out the demons from these people. And these, these people who, who were responding in such a negative way to Jesus. They said, you must be demon possessed yourself. Jesus had a smart answer. He said, how can a house that is divided against itself ever stand? How can someone who is demon possessed cast out a demon? It's not possible. And then there were others who despised him. They despised him. (laughs) They got really upset with him because he said, you know what, guys? It's not possible. It's not possible to love God and love money. You know why they got so upset? Yeah, because they loved money. You see, there were these people. There were, there were lots of people who responded negatively to Jesus. This is what I believe the reason was. Because their hearts were closed. If you read those scriptures and you read around these responses, you will find that almost without fail, these responses came from religious people, even religious leaders. But those who were corrupt on the inside, they knew the law, but they had perverted it. Jesus actually had something to say to those people. He said, you're hypocrites. You say one thing. You say that you live by the word of God. And yet look at your lives. You're manipulating the word. You're hypocrites. He said, he said, you are like, you're like a tomb, a grave tomb, a burial tomb. He said, you're all nice and white on the outside. Really pretty. But inside, it's just death. You see, their hearts, their hearts were closed. Their hearts were corrupted. Their hearts were full of their own desires and their own wishes and their own intents. And I want to say this this morning to you with all the love in the world. When our hearts are in that state, it is so difficult To see Jesus for who he really is. It really is. We we sometimes perhaps 
Look at other people. And, and they say, oh, God did this for me. God worked this miracle for me. God saved my children. God healed me. God rescued me. God saved me. And, and sometimes the heart can be so hard that we, we just respond and say, that isn't the Jesus that I know. My friends, can I encourage you? Can I implore you? To get to know the Jesus in the Bible for real. You may have to erase a lot of what you've learned about whoever this Jesus is that you've been told about. And you've got to, <laughs> you've got to reload your heart, your mind with the truth as God reveals it to you. Let God show you. Who Jesus really is. That he is the light of the world. He is, he is the, the good shepherd. He is the savior. He is the Messiah. My friends, he is the only savior. He is the one that's come to remove us out of the kingdom of darkness. Where we're lost and hopeless in our sin. He is the one that's come to give us abundant life. And that abundant life does not just mean, in fact, it doesn't mean that we get what we want. It means the life that he has in his father. That's the life he comes to give us. Real life. As I said last week, until we've come to know Jesus until we've received him and the life that he gives, we merely exist. It may seem fun. It may seem pleasurable. It may seem enjoyable. But until we've found the real giver of life, we don't know what life is. This is the Jesus and much more that we need God to reveal to us. Now to those whose hearts and eyes were open to know the truth, Jesus was someone very special to them. And I want to take just a few minutes, brief minutes, to look at four people who also met Jesus, but their response was so different. We read in Luke chapter 2 of a man called Simon. The Bible says he was a devout man. It's an amazing part of God's word. I really encourage you to read these scriptures. It says that he was waiting for the coming of the Messiah. He was expecting Jesus to be born. He had read the Old Testament. That's all he had. He was making the New Testament. He had read the Old Testament and he was not only in agreement with it, he was expectant. The Bible says the Holy Spirit had shown him that Jesus was to, was, had been born. And Mary and Joseph bring Jesus into the temple as a child. And here is Simon and his eyes fixes on Jesus. And he says, mine eyes have seen not a beautiful baby, not a remarkable child, he says, my eyes have seen the salvation of the Lord to all people. That's what Simon saw when he, his eyes fixed upon the child Jesus. 
the salvation of God for humanity. Can you see the difference when our hearts are open to listen and hear and receive from God? God will reveal to us who Jesus really is. He will speak into our very hearts and witness to us what it means that Jesus lives by his spirit on the inside. And if that doesn't make a difference to our life, nothing will. And here is Simon. His heart is open. The word of God has spoken to him. The Holy Spirit has spoken into his heart. And, and he could look around him and say, it isn't going to happen. The Romans have taken over. The word of God must be wrong. It, it, it can't happen right now. But there was such a witness on the inside of Simon that was greater than what he maybe saw on the outside. And I can imagine him going to the temple maybe every day. And every day, I wonder if it will be today that I see the salvation of God for humanity. My friend, when our hearts are expectant, when we're expecting to see Jesus, that's when God will reveal him to us. You, you may be sick today. Let me, let me say this. If you're sick today, expect Jesus, the healer, to manifest himself in your body, in your mind. My goodness, sometimes we have such an expectancy on the medical profession that we go running to them. And we, we kind of say, make me better. Our expectancy is in, in other people. And, and they do a few tests and they give us some medicine and we put our faith in that medicine. I would like to suggest that there's a man called Jesus who is our healer and our healing. And if we would run to him first, we would see him. Healing our lives. Expectant hearts. You can't do that now. You just watch Jesus. You just watch him. All he's looking for are hearts that are open. Hearts that are expectant. And, then, and, and sometimes we sit there and we think, well, I tried that once. <laughs> Yeah, I guess Simon went to the temple more than once. How long do I believe God for? How long do I wait to see Jesus? Until you get it. He will never, ever, 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 ever let you down. Amen? Convince me that you agree. <laughs> the second person I want us to look at this morning is another amazingly interesting character. A woman. She was a Samaritan. Samaritans and Jews, Jesus was a Jew. I know that some of you Americans think he was American, but he was a Jew. He wasn't a Jewish American. And Jews and Samaritans just didn't talk. It's so sad, isn't it, when people just won't talk to each other. You know? 
The husband says, I'm not talking to her, speaking about his wife. She's mean. She doesn't understand. I'm not talking to her. Yeah, like that's really going to help. Anyway, the Jews and the Samaritans were not talking to each other. They were not supposed to. Jesus is out with his disciples. The disciples go into the city to get some food. Jesus stays by a well, and here is the Samaritan lady, and he starts to talk to her. And he didn't just talk about the weather like we Brits do. Ever noticed that? How British people open every conversation? It's cold today. The sun is lovely. It's warm. You know, it's like we've got nothing else to talk about other than the weather. And once we've run out of the weather, then we talk about politics and how that David Cameron has kept Britain out of the Eurozone. Don't worry about that. But Jesus didn't talk about the weather. He started to talk about living water. He was actually talking about himself. But to start with, the lady didn't realize. But as he continued to talk, this this Gentile woman, this, this woman who had no real understanding about Jews, In terms of the Bible, the Old Testament, she wasn't a follower of the law. Something started to register with her. First of all, she said, sir, I think you're a prophet. Because Jesus had said to her, go and get your husband. And she said, well, (laughs) sore point. I've had five husbands. And Jesus says, yeah. And the one that you're living with right now, he's not your husband, is he? Not in a condemning way. And she thought he was a prophet. But as he continued to talk about living water, something sparked on the inside of her. Jesus started to talk about worshipping in spirit and truth. And she said, as she went back to the city and told the people there, she said, come, see a man who's told me everything that I've ever done. Is this not the Messiah? Now, we wouldn't think it strange for a Jew to say that, but she was a Gentile. She had no Jewish religious education, but somehow Christ had revealed to her who he really was. And she not only recognized him as Messiah, God's savior to the world, she believed in him. She wasn't supposed to. When Jesus sent the disciples out, he said, go first to the lost house of Israel, Jerusalem, Samaria, and then go out to the Gentiles. Jerusalem first. But she believed and she was so convinced and so convincing. You know, when Jesus really gets a hold of a person's life, you haven't got to be educated, really. You haven't got to be academically smart. You really haven't. Because so big is Jesus on the inside of you that when you start to talk about him, others will get influenced as well. And she was a woman who had a reputation. Yeah, she really did. And yet the people that she spoke to were so influenced and intrigued that some of them believed before they even saw Jesus. Others came out to where he was and said, Now we believe, but because we've seen ourselves. You see, sometimes all it takes is for people to look at Jesus with an open heart. 
a heart that wants to know the truth. My friends, if you're here this morning, maybe you're listening on podcast, there may well be some things that you have, quote, unquote, learnt about Jesus that you've got to erase because they're not true. Maybe someone has told you that Jesus doesn't, doesn't forgive everybody. Yes, he does. Maybe he's, someone has told you that, God, that Jesus is not interested in every single area of our lives. Yes, he is. Maybe someone has told you that it doesn't really make any difference if you don't have a strong relationship with Jesus. Yes, it does. Maybe somebody told you that God, Jesus doesn't heal today. Yes, he does. Read your Bible. Take the Bible as your point of reference. Amen? Her heart was open. She saw Jesus as the Messiah. And she was so convinced, she convinced others as well. Then we go into Matthew chapter 16. And we read that beautiful part of God's word. Where Jesus is asking his disciples this question. He said, who do others say that I am? Bible says, the disciple says, said, well, some think you're John the Baptist. Some think you're Elijah. And some think you're Jeremiah or one of the other prophets. Have you ever stopped and thought about that? People who thought that Jesus was John the Baptist, Elijah, uh, Jeremiah, or one of the other prophets, they obviously believed in reincarnation because those guys were dead. Some of them had been dead hundreds of years. Isn't it amazing that sometimes we can believe something so far out about Jesus, we actually miss who he really is. We will listen to lies about him, untruths about him, people who, whose hearts are closed and they will say, oh, he's not really all those Christians say he is. And we'll believe them. Like these guys were believing that Jesus was Elijah reincarnated. Just a thought. But Jesus said to, to his disciples, now, who do you say that I am? And Peter stands up and says, Jesus, you are the Christ, the son of the living God. How did he know that? Jesus told him, my father in heaven has revealed that to you. My friends, if you want to know and not only know, but experience in your life what Jesus is like, open your heart so that God can show you. Open your heart so that God can reveal to you the difference that Jesus makes in the life of a believer. Jesus said, flesh and blood didn't tell you this, Peter. But my father who's in heaven. You know, sometimes what we need is a revelation from God. We need to put away some of our study books. We need to put away some of our commentaries. We need to switch off some of our DVDs. We need to turn off the, the Christian channels sometimes. And we just need to get with God. We really do. And we need to say, Father, you show me. You teach me. You tell me, you reveal to me, who is this man? And I guarantee that God will do that 100% of the time. I'd love to go through many, many more people who, who God revealed Jesus to. And, and we don't have time, but study the word of God and find out for yourself. 
But get before God and say, God, you show me who Jesus is. And he will do that. The last person that I'd like us to look at this morning. You find his story in Matthew 27. Jesus has been crucified. He's hanging on the cross. The soldiers have done their work to him. Nailed him to the cross of wood. They've, they've pushed into his, his head a crown made of thorns. Pushed it right into his, into his skull. They've whipped his back open. Until it is just raw flesh. Here's Jesus hanging on the cross. Dying like a criminal would die. And many of those that are surrounding that little little hill called Calvary, Golgotha. Many of them are, are, are shouting, away with him. We don't want this man to reign over us. His He's a a blasphemer. And they had been stirred up by these these religious leaders whose hearts were corrupt. They had spread the word amongst the people that he he was a fake. He was a counterfeit. He was not who he said he was. And the crowd had been whipped up into a frenzy. And a false trial had been held and Jesus had been convicted. And so here he is hanging on that cross. The Bible says that Jesus cried out with a loud voice, it is finished. And he gave up his spirit to God. At that moment, the Bible says that there was an earthquake and the rocks were were split. History tells you this, by the way. You read books like Josephus and you'll find that historically this happened. The Bible says an amazing thing that those saints who had died, (laughs) they came out of the graves. Man, that would have put the fear of God in anybody. And and the Bible says that later on they're walking around. (laughs) The Bible also says that this veil in the temple was rent from the top to the bottom. This, this curtain, which was like so thick. Amazing things were happened, happening at this time. And the Bible says that the centurion and the soldiers around him who saw these things, they witnessed them. It says this, that the centurion said, truly, this was the son of God. Even in the death of Jesus who he really is, is revealed. You see, Jesus was fulfilling all that God had spoken about him. There are something like uh, 300 prophecies in the Old Testament that Christ fulfilled in his life and his death and then his resurrection. And here, as, as these events unfold... The word of God is being fulfilled. And this centurion, not a Jew, not a Samaritan, but here he is, a Roman. A Roman. A man of massive responsibility. Highly ranked. Serving and bowing down to the Roman gods of Caesar. Here he makes a confession about this man 
Who is this man? Who is this man that has died in this way? Was he a criminal? One of the, one of the, one of the uh, uh, criminals that died with Jesus said, this man is different. There's nothing wrong with him. And the centurion looked up and said, who is this man? Truly, this is the son of God. You know, my prayer is this, that throughout God's word, and as we truly get ourselves before God, and we ask for him to reveal to us who Jesus is, that he will do that for us. Even in his death, Jesus was revealed. Even in his death, who he really is, people could begin to see. I want to close with this question. Jesus asked his disciples, who do you say I am? He progressed from asking who he thought or who other people thought he was. And he now got very, very, very personal. And I believe that that would be a good question for us to hear and ask ourselves today. Who do you say Jesus is? Let's pray. Father, we thank you that through your word, you show us, you reveal to us the truth concerning your son, Jesus Christ. And we need to know that truth, Lord, because because there are so many voices, so many counterfeit voices that would speak to us. Lies concerning Jesus. Some would say he is just a prophet. Some would say he was just a good man. Some would say he was just a remarkable character in history. But God, your word reveals to us that he is your very son. He is the Messiah. He is the only one who can save us. He is the only one who can take us out of this realm and kingdom kingdom of darkness and sin and translate us into the kingdom of light. He is the only one that can bring us close to you. He is the only one who can forgive us. He is the only one who can save us. If you're here this morning as we're praying now, And you have never, ever received Jesus personally as your Savior and made him your Lord. And I say that you need to do that right now. You need to receive Jesus as your Savior. As the one who died to forgive you of your sin. If you say this morning, that's what I'm going to do. I'm going to make Jesus my Lord. And I'm going to pray with you in just a moment so that I know that you want me to pray with you. Quickly slip your hand up to say, yes, I want to receive Jesus as my Lord. I've seen him as a historical figure. I've seen him as a good man, as a prophet, as a miracle worker. Okay, you can put your hand down. Thank you. But I want to receive him this morning as my savior. I want him to become my Lord. 
If you're going to do that this morning with sincerity and truth, just quickly slip your hand up and put it down again. And then together we're going to pray. So you put your hand up just now. Pray this prayer in your own heart before God with me. Say, Heavenly Father, I thank you that Jesus, your son, came to this earth for the sole purpose of saving me. That he died for my sin. God, I repent of my sin before you this morning. And Jesus, I receive you as my Savior. And I make you the Lord, the Master of my life. From this day on, I choose to serve you with my life. God, I call you my Heavenly Father. And I thank you that you call me your child. Thank you for saving me. In Jesus' name, amen.